So, I've enjoyed being alone, but my therapist said it's too much. But I needed, I needed to get away from people. Like I went ghost on most, and uh, sometimes or at some point, everybody. So it's like in this moment, I can finally just focus on my well-being and my unbalanced emotions really force me to do so. But it's a good thing. It's ugly, but it's a good thing. I'm always conscious about um, how people perceive my my solitude. You know, they, they take it personally. But I'm the most detached person I know. And that really goes for even people like me who don't have kids or mate. So when I feel the need to disappear, I'm not going to explain anything. I might give, you know, my parents or my very best friends a heads up. Hey, I'm not going to be emotionally available for a couple days, a couple weeks, whatever. Because, and I might not, I hadn't been doing that, honestly. But my life isn't about making anyone else comfortable with the way I choose to exist. I already did that. It was pointless. Like, I want people to be okay not being in contact with me at their demand or their need. I don't want any sense of obligation that I perceive as emotional work. So instead of hurting people's feelings by saying, hey, you're you're emotionally needy in an unhealthy way, I just take my space. I just don't have the emotional capacity to care so you know after I moved or whatever it's right around April and that's a difficult month for me so I removed physical access with all intention it was perfect you know for what I did not know would be the unpredictable and emotionally horrendous stage of of healing So when I'm in isolation and I feel like people are pushing themselves on me intentionally or unintentionally, let's say both, it aggravates me. And I'm going to just shut everybody out so it's not personal. It's everybody. You know, when somebody's in isolation and they voice that they're in isolation or you notice that you're not getting uh, the response in the time that you're used to, they're probably emotionally unavailable. So constantly texting them or texting them every day, calling them, DMing them, any form of constant communication, when you know someone's in solitude or isolation, it's disruptive. So I put my phone on either do not disturb or airplane mode. Don't make me none. I just don't care how a person, anybody, feels about me withdrawing um as long as i'm showing up from work i'm good i'm just not showing up for people i wasn't good but i wasn't showing up for people and i needed to not show up for people for a change in my life 
you know, people will tell you, you can't just disappear. You know, people care about you. My response is always going to be pay my mortgage or respect my privacy. Transition is unpredictable. You can be on a complete high and a very low in the next couple of weeks. You don't. If you haven't been through it or seen someone close to you in such a transition due to trauma, you can't relate. And when I sold the house, my house, my purchase, my own personal space, the palace, the bachelorette pad, the bachelorette pad that sees no action, <laughs> I pulled away from everyone so I can do a final cleanse. Um, during that transition from a structure, a house, a home that was intended to be more. Like I knew it was coming. I just didn't know how intense it would be. So, and I think that's, that was difficult for a lot of people because you can set your watch by me. You know, I've lived a very safe and predictable life. I've been finally living on my own conditions not worried about someone else's feelings or ego or narcissistic behaviors and if anyone was or is offended by that hey 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 don't project <laughs> and I can't afford to make your emotional needs my burden never again so I turn my phone off or I put it on silence, um, airplane mode for complete silence. So like somebody's calling you and you don't want to answer the phone, but you also don't want them to know you rejecting their call. Put your phone on airplane mode. It just seems like you don't have service. It's just a, a different level of withdrawal. And this new level <laughs> of of not caring actually end up concerning me for a variety of reasons I mean I didn't even want to speak to my parents or my best friends I would get so aggravated when anybody contact me like it didn't matter who it was it was even if I didn't answer the phone it was like like I just want to be left alone I wanted to simply exist without being bothered or interrupted but it started concerning me because um, going outside of my home, it became a chore. Like, I just wanted to be home. I wanted to just be in my bed. I would do my work or whatever I had to do. You know, I can answer emails and shit like that from my bed. But I just wanted to be in this space. Even if I was out like having a good time with, you know, my people, I was thinking about my bed. I was thinking about <laughs> cuddling up on my couch with my dog and taking a nap. I was thinking about the silence and the safety of my home all the time. And I didn't want to shift that, which is also why I didn't want people, and I still don't at this moment, want people in my space. Because I want to protect that, that sanity. 
you know I was I am better but I, I was very hurt I feel betrayed shame and angry that someone I trusted flipped on me so I'm still processing that it, it's better now but I'm still processing it um so like I said April is a very difficult month it marked a year of, of separation and um I knew I would have some feelings about it I just didn't know to what extent you know um I guess we'll say I reached the next level of, of healing and pretty sure this level it's called losing your shit I decided to go back to therapy and that's where it was confirmed that I have PTSD. Informed by, you know, my hyper peace, exaggerated peace was fueled by my primary coping mechanism of overworking. And and naturally I am a workaholic. Don't get me wrong, I'm a very passionate person and I love the things that I'm involved in. Um but because work is such a safety zone for me, like I know I'm going to be successful in whatever I'm doing. That's predictable to me. I know anything I involve myself in, I'm going to do well. That's my nature. And because that is my nature and I can set my clock by it, I'll indulge in it. I was also very happy to remove the evil out of my life, you know. That was once my mate simultaneously disregarding the hurt that that person caused me. You know, that that keep it pushing vibe. Yeah, all right. It is what it is. Being nonchalant is, of course, my nature. But to be raw, the shit built up. So... alright so bit April 2020 um someone tried to try the new approach of control Somebody tried to physically break me. And I mean that in a very violent sense. I mean that in yeah, in a domestic violence sense. And that in, uh, resulted in a, a <clears throat> um that resulted in physical and emotional damage that uh, the physical, you know, I'm stronger. I take care of my body. Um, I still have some some notions, uh, some issues. Um, but the emotional damage, quite honestly, is, is what I was having a hard time passing without honestly wanting to hurt. Let's just say I kept uh, suppressing this outcry that was necessary, and um, it kind of just turned into anger. 
um, because this physical assault was done at the hands of someone who uh, told God he was going to love and protect me someone who knew me intimately person I planned a life with I planned life with this person and I haven't told the, the full story to anybody other than the, the, the police that arrested him on site um, you don't need that you, you know enough but it it was playing on loop in my head I could visualize it so I had to sell a house for my mental I told y'all that the house was a traumatic experience I ain't sleep for months I heard every single noise the house made So that anger still built up because I wasn't in I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't dealing with my feelings. I was suppressing it. I was I was happy. It was a very early on happiness, a very early on bit of peace. But I was really just being happy to be done. Happy to be out. Because when I went back in 2018, I'm like, this is business. I handle marriage as business, and you should handle marriage as business. You just need to pick the best business partner. And I had the mindset, if it was going to work, it was going to work. If it wasn't, it wasn't. And then I had a plan to get out, because I started seeing some stuff I didn't like. And um, I didn't get out fast enough. So to say that I don't plan shit no more, I don't plan shit dealing with other people. I don't. If I like your vibe, I like your vibe. If I don't, I will go ghost without issue. I take no bullshit. I told y'all yellow flags are red because yellow flags don't go to green. They only go to red. I'm good. I don't even give you the opportunity for a red flag. I pay attention too much. So the the emotional need to isolate, that became overwhelming. It was clear that I needed some type of external intervention, but I don't trust anyone. And people shouldn't take that personally. You really shouldn't. Because I don't care how close you are to me family friends it's a matter of it's a trauma response like you stop trusting everyone because you're double guessing your own judgment because you haven't forgiven yourself you haven't taken the blame off of you and you got to be careful of course dating when healing because and I, I don't advise it because you can attract other narcissists I want to take advantage of you like everybody want to lock in and I'm beyond guarded when I hear anybody and each one of them said oh yeah we gonna be together you everything I've been looking for yeah 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 mm-hmm. 
yeah my response will always be you you think so oh yeah oh yeah I'm, you know waste your time with other people you dating or whatever but we gonna be together now i'm always gonna respond i'm gonna show you better than i can tell you and let me tell you why this is why I, I completely like i'll go out i'll have dinner or whatever but we're not dating you're not going to have consistent access to me in person over the phone whatever because seriously and this is for men or women because you have to understand and know that when you are healing you you can't lock yourself in with anyone you still dealing with trauma and it will attract someone else's trauma or someone else's need to manipulate you in your trauma especially with physical trauma you may meet a guy and see some ways about him but you're thinking oh well he hit me he wouldn't hit me you know what I mean like it's there's so many different forms of manipulation like you have to be very aware that you're not healed so you really can't take anybody seriously and if you come across someone fresh out of a long-term relationship uh, you should know that hurt people hurt people I do it's not always intentional you know um and a gentleman that I met shortly after my separation is actually the one who told me that (laughs) um I would be experiencing all of these feelings and I'm like no I'm good you know I'm happy to be out of that I got away and I'm done like for real for real and he was like he didn't want to get hurt so he went on about his business right and I gotta respect that he he was right you know most of the time such behavior is unintentional and I'll go out with somebody and I'm thinking even though I've expressed that I don't have long-term intention or um I've expressed that you know I'm not seeking a relationship in any way shape or form like I'm chilling people don't people don't take you seriously somebody just described our wedding to me the other night what this <laughs> is not marrying you but that's to say that people do not take women seriously when they say i'm not looking for a relationship not high value women they don't you know they don't believe you because society has again conditioned them to believe that all women want marriage and relationships and that's just that ain't true y'all so you're setting yourself up. Get your feelings hurt. But people may not know, and I think it's because it's a common response of getting under to get over. They may not know that they halting, stalling, or even stopping their healing process because you don't attracted somebody else's trauma 
who's likely not whole and then you end up with more trauma because you didn't heal so like it's not my focus but I do think about becoming uh, or getting back to a new getting to a new level of Aisha um, emotionally whole so later on I can attract my twin flame and not a soul tie anyway I don't question myself anymore I don't question my judgment I just know what it is um I question what people want from me I do I always feel like that in some way shape or form if you if I sense that you're not showing up as your authentic self and most men don't show up as their selves for me I'm pretty sure they show up as themselves for other people just for some reason not me you know and I think that has a lot to do with who I am what I do and you know people trying to be something that they're not I already did that and I'm not gonna entertain it again so when I uh, sense that you're not being your authentic self I'm completely just like ugh, I'm turned off and you really not gonna get nowhere with me so my hyper sense of uh, self-preservation that is Monte just wants to protect me my alerts always high but I just wanted to disappear in the in the past couple months I wanted to be unbothered um I'm on the road to get away from complete isolation now um I do I never stopped going to the gym and that, that I'm pretty sure that helped me tremendously uh especially with the anger um go to the matter of fact I kicked it up you know I go to the gym four times a week I kicked it up and you know crazy but getting out doing wellness things of that nature to help me get out of this isolation and away from the depression that was incited by PTSD and just wanting to be in solitude because you can deal with you but it's a daily process um it's been good days since I took my my time to recognize those feelings and exist in them so um <laughs> it didn't indeed it is not a hot girl summer no <laughs> it's not a hot girl summer I'm not even on some bald head stuff like I want to be okay I've just been working on my continued healing being um, forced to really because that shit can it can break you growth and healing is not cute there are phases and levels which none of it makes sense to you on your own this is like (laughs) the smartest stupidest hardest shit I've ever done because I got to deal with me this is a mental struggle an emotional struggle so like check this out if there are seven stages of grief I've been playing hopscotch and twister 
with stages two to seven. Like, for real. Like, <laughs> it does not make sense on your own. And you can really lose your shit if you are not emotionally intelligent enough to recognize that something's off. And I knew something was off when I didn't even want to speak to my parents. And y'all know how in love I am with my parents. But I didn't want to talk to them. And I knew something was up. I had been operating in high-functioning anxiety, like, but on overdrive. I mean, a lot of academics operate on high-functioning anxiety and ADHD. That's something y'all should know. They do. That's why you see hands in so many pots but it's like a pot of really good soup and it all comes together high functioning anxiety everything work related is a priority and you you exceed it's something that's natural but it's also conditioning too so like this year alone I, <laughs> I don't know how much I wrote this past semester honestly I know I wrote uh, at least two book chapters I wrote three research articles um i think i did something like 10 book talks or lectures i serve on a number of grant advisory boards you know i'm teaching several grad classes and curriculum revision i hold multiple university posts i always have over 100 students every semester and i advise professors and admin this is stuff I don't share and it's not to it's not to flex in, in any way, shape, or form. We all know I'm a workaholic, but this past semester it was excessive. This is me sharing my reality and my discovery of how I suppressed my broken heart. Dealing with grief, you don't feel Uh, Dealing with grief when you don't feel seen. That's the worst pain ever. People see what they want or run with the... She has it all. She good. You ever care to think about why I didn't want to be in a house? I literally built that house. Had it built. Picked out the features. Made it a home. Place of enjoyment and entertainment. Remember, I used to have dinner parties. So if it's the ratchet brunch, 30 to 40 people. <laughs> but then again, I got to take a piece of that L because perfection is all you've seen of me. Not a girl begging for a safe space for vulnerability. Uh, I got to take a part of that. And I haven't been vulnerable that can't be with most people it can't be so I must recharge which for me includes abandoning people like bruh I'm drained there is an aftermath to healing and it takes way longer than you want or you can even range like I just want a timeline Jesus like damn the timeline you can't get that so one Friday a few weeks ago I was literally screaming in therapy I was hot 
I was mad and it came out of nowhere. Like it was like a boiling pot, like a teapot. And it just screams at its peak. I was hot by so many things, but primarily being unseen in my pain and my trauma. I felt like people just wanted me to stay in that superwoman capacity or whatever. I also upset about people, and I'm I'm a, I'm a really great friend. I'm not always friendly, but I'm a really great friend. But I've had a couple men and women come to me and express what I call first world relationship problems, and I'm like, that shit ain't shit. Like you can you can fix that. And I well, let me back up. Hold on, <laughs> first world first world relationship problems. It's like cheating for attention, money, kids being a priority over your spouse, you know, little to no sex. In comparison, stupid shit that can be resolved with will and respect. And that's not to take away from anyone else's experience, but know that I as a person, as a, uh, I hate saying that shit, as a, and it, it takes, oh God, as a victim of domestic violence I can't take that shit seriously I have extensive trauma that I'm dealing with and I don't think that people um, think about when they come to me knowing what I've been through you expressing shit like that I'm not going to think about it beyond that conversation I may or may not respond but it's going to be some shallow shit Like you talking about something in comparison don't measure to someone who experienced it. Be mindful of the shit you talk about to people who have trauma because it really will make them feel unintentionally on your part but just be more conscious it really will make them feel unseen a lot of people don't know but you made me feel unseen so something my nana told me if somebody wrongs you don't go back to them like somebody put their hands on you don't go back to them it is only going to get worse and they have a false sense of emotional power or control over you and it's false because at the end of the day you have the decision on whether or not you want to stay in that situation or not but your actions your movements can fuel or diminish their false sense of emotional control over you power over you you can't take that shit don't take any bullshit in any way shape or form like this is also why I tell men and women to have your FU fun don't put yourself in a situation or a position to be trapped or stuck I'm so glad I didn't and on God I thank God every day all the time that I did not have a kid with that person because this story would be different I thank God all the time I had no kid. Shout out to Jesus for protecting my uterus. Because we was playing in life. We were. 
God knew better. God told me what I needed. And I stopped sleeping with him. And that fueled his anger. So, but anyway, at the end of that therapy session, really right before it ended, um, I randomly decided to drive home. And I mean home, home, like Palm Beach home. Nine fucking hours at 3 p.m. on a Friday. I just needed to hug my mom. I needed to crown her shoulders and look in her, her eyes. I needed to be seen. Nobody sees you like your parents. Never close to them. I couldn't form words when I called her. I was hurting so bad it was overwhelming me. Like, there's a few women that I can pull energy from to recharge myself for a variety of reasons, but primarily because they are strong enough. These women are key pieces of me. They know Aisha. Their very existence. My God. Like my my soul cried out in silence and they heard that shit. They heard it because they're a part of me. Like intimately a part of me. And if you're not one of those women, like I'm I'm not gonna tell you the details of my hurt. It's hard for me to simply say, I'm hurting. I need time. I need help. I'm struggling. I'm not handling my emotions well. And me handling my not handling my emotions well is me suppressing it because I don't know what to do with it. But that shit boils. And the craziness is your trauma response is counterproductive to healing or your love language. It makes no sense. Like my 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 love languages love languages is, are um acts of service, physical touch and words of affirmation. But my trauma response is isolation and ghosting. How's somebody supposed to do something for me? Give me a hug that I need or tell me it's going to be okay if I'm actually isolating myself and ghosting everybody. Your trauma response is counterproductive to your healing. That's dumb, right? This shit amplifies your struggle. makes you hurt even more. So, you know... It's, it's, I don't know, it's crazy. I don't know how to explain the hurt that causes so much apprehension. Like, the man I was married to loved me to the point of obsession. Past that, then we hit the point of possession or attempt possession. And I'm pretty sure Buddy hated me. <laughs> like, all, all jokes, I'm pretty sure that man hated me because he couldn't control me I'm not that kind of girl I'm just not I'm not that kind of person excuse me so when he couldn't control me he took a new approach of trying to physically control me so it's a lot unnecessary but I say people can flip on you and they think you 
they think they have you locked in it's crazy it's it's shame it's shameful it's been a year later and and though i wish i could say it doesn't faze me it does it does i'm still angry sometimes i really am my movements how i see people how i react and engage with people i'm dealing with that I was struggling with forgiving myself. I'm no longer struggling with forgiving myself. But when I was in a room of silence, like that shit was screaming at me. It's better now. Because it was necessary for me to, you know, for me, I needed to be sure. And I'm sure. I have no regrets on that. So I forgive Aisha. But it it also didn't help that I, I didn't feel human enough to express that hurt. And I suppressed it because people only, or I feel like people only wanted to see me one way and not deeply see me because they needed me in this superwoman capacity like I see a lot of people as selfish because I I've given so much towards the building healing and uplifting of others I I, like that's my life I felt that that's what people should want to offer me you know and when I felt when I felt unseen people seeing me as a problem solver, solution giver and not asking me how I was feeling on a deeper level but just hey how you doing I'm good and then they keep it pushing because that's what they wanted they wanted a problem solved or solution and that wasn't good for me so I went ghost proudly But I also asked myself, that's another piece of the L I got to take myself, uh, were they selfish or have they just not experienced the trauma that I have? And um, most people haven't that I know of. So before 2018, I couldn't relate to a deeper level of relationship problems that wasn't like petty because I hadn't experienced it myself. I lack empathy for many people and women. Like, just leave him, girl, you'll be good. But I didn't understand myself the range of such a difficult decision or the healing process that many people do not want to go through. Like, listen, when you when you face a person who did you wrong, you're facing your own trauma that attracted you to that person. And healing calls for you to fix your shit. And I'm learning that many people don't want to do that. Many people actually don't want to be happy, believe it or not. Because living in trauma is weirdly easier than fixing yourself to be the happiest you. It's something like that notion of, oh, this is the devil I know. I don't want to get to know another devil, but what if the you're assuming that the right person for you is also the devil? That's unhealthy. You got to 
tackle that shit. The work to be done, to be whole and happy is difficult and it's scary. For a while, I stopped smiling and y'all know I'm always smiling and laughing. I, I love joy. In the midst of that, I slipped into a depression and of course I hadn't experienced that before so I couldn't identify it and I just knew that I couldn't express my emotions and I couldn't stop crying I didn't want to get out of my bed and though I did identify my PTSD and I'm still not sure how I did that but something's just like I think I got PTSD and you know start doing some research and I'm like this shit kind of line up but I ain't no licensed professional I talked to my therapist after I was just boohoo crying sitting on my steps one day and I couldn't tell you what the fuck was wrong. Shit, I couldn't tell myself what was wrong. Like, I couldn't. I just knew that shit was not okay. Me not wanting to be around anybody was not okay. But it was later confirmed. And, you know, um, hmm. I went back to therapy because that shit was suffocating me. Am I better? Am I back to Aisha? Yes and no. Honestly, to be raw, real, and vulnerable with you. Yes and no. I've been having some really good weeks since I took the trip home. But I'm trying to achieve a greater level of whole Aisha. I'm being much kinder to myself while also allowing myself to feel any feelings and go through the motions because I don't want to suppress this. I don't want to stall the process no more than I have. Um, I mean, who don't, who don't, who wants to feel sad? (laughs) Nobody, like that shit sucks. But, you know, nobody also tells you, and this is probably a problem with our greater community, but no one tells you about the next phase that hits you post-divorce, random. It can be months after the papers are signed. I mean, judge's signature. You thinking, oh, yes, I'm good. I'm excited. I'm not associated or attached to this person anymore. Thank you. That's just the start of the shit. (laughs) You know, but I've been having some really raw conversations with my parents, my mother and my father, and it helps me tremendously. Like getting to know your parents as adults is so amazing like you need to talk to your parents and I hope that your parents are as open with you as mine are it's like you recall of course the movie Wakanda where T'Challa had to go back to his father for guidance while also recognizing the flaws in his father his king as a human I had to do that. My mom informed me that I was heartbroken. And this is the feeling. And this is the motions you have to go through. You can't suppress it. My dad told me I was lonely, but it was necessary. It's necessary after being with somebody for so long. But I was in my way of healing. I had to let go. Like <laughs> They recognized they're human and showed me to air is human and it's okay Aisha it's okay everything you do is great but it is okay for something to not work out 
because even in my career when I decided to leave an employer I was leveling up so it always worked out this did not this felt like failure but a failure that I welcome I just don't know how to deal with failure because I don't fail I now understand that to scar is human the body is made to deal and heal itself repeatedly but you can't pick at the wound because you can't pick at it you can't not treat it too then you prolong the actual healing process yeah let go of control and truly trust God so weird fact (laughs) the blue whale is my favorite mammal it's very existence fuels so many areas in the economy from cosmetics to medicine ecosystem we need that but did you know that that powerful mammal when it gets too sick to swim it strands itself on a beach and some say they drown drown themselves and this was my very existence for months felt stranded and that's scary if you don't know you're stranded how do you heal what if you don't know the feeling of drowning I felt like I was drowning in broad daylight and no one saw me but a trip home really pulled me up put me on a better path so you know I thank my parents I thank my very best friends and you know, they heard me, giving me spaces for safety and vulnerability. They saw me. They hugged me. They encouraged me. They loved on me. Like these people, these people are good for my soul. Oh my God, like, <laughs> I would have drowned. You know, I'm now I'm, I'm I'm regaining strength. I remain solid. I'm still cut from a different cloth. And though I can't swim, I will never drown. And that's because of my people. All that to say, check on check on your strongest friends, your most successful friends, your workaholic joking all the time you've never seen them lose their shit friends keep it pushing friends it is what it is people that seem to bounce back from the most traumatic situations without missing a step like I'm begging you check on them people because they may not know they've stranded themselves or that they're drowning thank you for listening y'all stay blessed